How are we doing, church? Hey, man, it's good to be with you guys this morning. I hope that uh, you are as excited to be here as, as I am to, uh, to be here and to preach. Uh, I feel like today might have been the only day in a lot of your households that your husband, the dude in the family, was up early. Like, we, we got to get to church. Because I promised you, if, if you were with us last week, I promised you that... Um, since we talked to the ladies last week about intimacy and passion, and I'm sorry, since we talked to the men last week about what the ladies wanted, that this week we'd talk to the ladies about what the men want. And so I, I know that for some of you, um, that, that, that you're really excited to be here, especially if you're a dude. I also noticed that there are some, some families and some couples that are just coincidentally missing today. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how that happened. I, I don't know if somebody got sick or not. I don't know. But, um, but I, I do know that uh, I think today is going to be a, a lot of fun, especially uh, for us married folk in the room. And I, I will just, again, just to go on record and, and go ahead and lay it out there and let you know that if you've got little ears in the room today, um, we are talking about sex and sexual intimacy inside of Marriage, and if you don't feel like that that's something appropriate for your little one, and you want to get them over to Fusion Kids, now would be a great time uh, because we're gonna we're gonna get into it yeah, here in a minute, and I think that it's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna look um, into God's Word and, and see what He has to say. Now, I, I gave you a little bit of misinformation last week because I told you that last week was going to be the really difficult message to preach because if we're talking about what women want and it's a dude preaching, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't really feel like an expert in the area of what women want. I, I wouldn't consider myself an expert. However, if we're talking about what men want, I feel like I pretty much know what I want and I'm a dude. So I feel like I could, could this would be a really easy message to preach. I was wrong. And as I got into to preparing for today and trying to figure out what we want to talk about today, I really came up against some struggles with how to even get into the message. And so I was sitting on the couch the other night just trying to figure it out, and I was talking to my wife, and I was like, you know, I don't even know how to preach this to ladies. Last week it was easy. Last week was easy because I was talking to men about some things they could do, some practical advice that they could do to get their wife in the mood more often and then they would have more sex. That's an easy message to preach. You've got a captive audience when you want to talk to dudes about how to have more sex. Not the same with women. Like you, you don't need me to tell you how to have more sex with your husband. If you wanted to have more sex with your husband, you'd just have more sex with your husband. Because I think in, in most marriages anyway, you'll find that the husband, he's pretty much a willing participant, right? Like there's not a lot of work on your, your part that needs to go into it to really get him in the mood. Just not a lot. And so I was trying to figure out, so what, what in the world am I even going to lay out there at the beginning of this message to even draw the ladies in so that they would want to listen to what I have to say as it pertains to sex and marriage. And here's where I landed. It's no mystery that guys want it more than women. I mean, in most cases, there's some, you know, there's some, generally speaking, men typically want it more than women. And what I run into when I counsel with women, they talk about we need more communication and better, you know, intimacy in our marriage and more connectivity in our marriage or whatever. He wants it all the time. So, for my message today, I want to tell you why. 
I think that's something ladies might want to know. If you want to know why we want it as much as we do, hang on, because we're going to get there. That's what today is all about. So I hope that you came ready to take a few notes. Now, I will tell you that I firmly believe that ladies are far more complicated and complex than men. And so last week, um, there were three things that we, that we taught that you know, what women want in, in last week's message, what women want. There were three things. Um, today, we're talking about dudes. There's only two. Okay, so you got plenty of space for notes. We're just not that complicated. There's right? not that much to it. Now, I will say, before we really get in, that if you are here today and you are a lady and you get mad at me, but you weren't here last week to hear me go to bat for women, you got to go listen to the podcast before you're allowed to be angry at me, okay? I went to bat for the ladies last week. Guys, today is our turn. I want to see if I can provide your wife with some helpful information about why it is that we are the way that we are. And so if you're taking notes and you want to write this down, you can go ahead and get started with your note-taking. If we're talking about what men want, number one, men want admiration, admiration or respect. You know, we, we talked about this in the family series just a few weeks ago that you know, men and women, we, we know that they, they differ very much and a man would much rather feel respected than even loved. You see, if you ask women the same question, which would you rather be loved or respected? Women would tell you that they, they want to feel loved. And so we talked last week about how men, that you can make your wife feel more Love. But if we're talking about men today, ladies, then the, the thing that men thrive on above every other thing is respect and admiration. Now, we read some verses last week. I'm going to read them again. I don't typically use the same scripture from week to week, but I think that this scripture particular, in particular has a lot to say about the relationship between men and women as husband and wife. And so let's look again at Ephesians chapter 5. I will read verses 22 and 23. It says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Skip down to 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. We talked about that extensively last week. Now, look with me at verse 33, same passage a few verses later. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. And watch this. So husbands, love your wives, but let the wife see that she respects her husband. See, for men, respect is paramount. And here's what you're going to find about your husband. He is going to spend the most time where he feels the most respected. Regular and willing participation in sex with your husband will make him want to be at home because men equate the physical act of sex with respect. Now, let me, disclaimer, all right, for all the the men that are going to take some of the things I say today and try to, to, to lord them over your wives and make them feel guilty. All right, first of all, you don't have my permission to do that. Anything that I say today, does not ha- you do not have my permission to use that as a guilt card to try and get sex from your wife later. We'll just say that on, at, at the beginning. All right. This is not a green light to say, well, 
because I don't feel like I get it enough at home, I'm just going to stop going home. That is not what I'm saying. You are still responsible to love your wife the way that Scripture says that you are to love your wife, regardless of whether she respects you the way the Scripture says that you are to be respected. So it's not a, it's not a green light for you to just you know, do whatever you want and, well, I don't want to go home because she doesn't respect me. Not what I'm saying. What I am saying, ladies, is that how you interact with your husband has a lot to do with how much he'll want to be where you are. And we read last week in the Song of Solomon, we'll actually read there again today, and we'll spend the, all of our time there next week, going to be a lot of fun. But in this, in this book of Song of Solomon, we have this beautiful depiction of a, of a love story between an, an engaged couple that ends up being a married couple, and it is one of the most erotic, it is the most erotic book in the entire Bible, and we're going to look at it in, in depth uh, later today and next week. But in this book, Solomon talks about the, the beauty between love and wife. Now, Solomon would go on to write two other books as he got older into, in, in his years in the journey with Christ. So he wrote Song of Solomon in his youth. Later in his life, he, after he had like 700 wives, he would write the book of Proverbs. And in the book of Proverbs, Solomon said this. Look with me. Proverb, proverb, Proverbs 20. 21 verse 19, it is better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. Same guy, same guy last week that was, baby, you're like a mare among the stallions of Pharaoh's chariot horses. Now it is, you know, it's better just to live in the wilderness than be at home with a nagging woman. I think we can see that that Solomon's perspective has changed a little as he entered into the latter years of his married life. Here's the thing, ladies. Husbands, men, we, guys, dudes, whatever, we thrive on respect, on your admiration, on what you think of us. Let me give you some advice, not related to the bedroom whatsoever. Ladies, Praise your husbands. Do it as publicly as possible. If you, if, you want to, if you want your husband to feel respected, if you want him to feel worthy, if you want him to, to be more loving towards you, then it starts with your respect of him. Those things are, are, are counterbalancing. I, I've lost the total train of thought. One affects the other. Right? The more you respect him, the more he'll love you. If you want to show him respect, praise him. And do it publicly. Do it, do it to your friends. We live in a culture right now where I believe that, that media has done a great disservice to the image of men in general. And it's become kind of commonplace to kind of man bash. And men, we do the same thing and we need to cut it out too. But if you really want your husband to be respected, man, show him some love. To stand up for him in front of your friends. And the way that things Circle back. He'll hear about it. Nothing makes me feel more like Aaron is my greatest cheerleader than when I find out that she said something to somebody else that was, that was good about me. When she brags about me to her friends, I feel like a hero. Right? And everybody wants a cheerleader. Right? We, the song right now. Yeah. yeah I think I found I'm not going to sing it. That would be terrible. I, I told Aaron I was going to sing it. It ain't happening. Um, But everybody wants to find a cheerleader. Men, we want a cheerleader. We want a woman in our corner. When my wife praises me, when I feel like I am the hero in her life, I could charge hell with a water pistol. I just feel like I could do anything with her in my corner, respecting me. And ladies, it's the same for your husband too. If you want to see the best in your husband, if you want to see, if you want to propel him to his greatest heights, 
to get the most out of him as as a spiritual leader for your family, as a loving husband, as a great dad, as the, the, the star at work that everybody looks to. Show him some love. Praise him. Brag on him. Stand up for him. I don't know how often it happens. Again, I'm kind of, you know, some of my perception is fed by the media as well. But if you ever end up in what I would call a, a gab fest with other ladies, and you're like, well, my husband does this, and I don't like it. You interject and say, your husband's maybe that one. My husband's awesome. When that word gets back to him, you're going to have yourself a loving husband. Because when you respect him, it reciprocates in his love for you. I want to let you in on our secret. I might, I might lose my man card for this. I wrestled with it a little bit this week, whether or not to even let you in. Um, but ladies, I'm going to give you a behind-the-curtain look at the, the psyche of your husband. We're way more fragile than we let on. We just are. Men get their feelings hurt more often than you would think. And with the wiring that God has put inside of us to thrive on the respect and admiration and to commit ourselves to one woman for the rest of our life, desiring her respect and admiration above all others. Ladies, when you say no, it chips away at the confidence of your husband. Every time he advances or makes an advance towards you and you tell him no, it chips away at at his confidence how respected he feels. You see, acceptance is a really close cousin of admiration. So every time you say no, you you do damage. We get our feelings hurt. Men won't say that. We don't even use that phrase, get my feelings hurt. You tell, one dude tells another dude that you hurt his feelings, you might get punched. That's just how we roll. We don't use that phrase, and we don't want you to know. And we don't want you to know when it happens. But I'm telling you, it does. Now, I know what, what what you might be thinking. Like, I can't say yes every time because he wants it all the time. I have to say no. Okay, I get it. The male libido has a very short memory. All right, it doesn't matter if it like you. You had a great night before or whatever, and it's like ten a.m. in the morning. Y'all in the house, and something you're wearing something grungy looking or whatever. But something you bend or move or something, and he's all you're like. We just had sex last. Like, what is wrong with you? The male libido, really short memory, no concept of a schedule. All right, we we don't we don't know. It just doesn't exist. Though it has a very short memory, it is also an incredible motivator. Let me give you a hypothetical. It's Tuesday morning. You got to get to work, ladies. You're in the bathroom. You're doing the eye thing and the mirror thing with the squeezy thing. And I don't know, whatever. It's... It looks like torture devices to me, but what, are you pulling your eye out? I don't get it, but whatever, like, whatever. like you're kind of leaning over the counter and he kind of sneaks in behind you and starts to get a little bit frisky. Two, two options, swat his hand, quit. I, I got to go to, no, I, I got to go to work. Like, just knock it off, get away from me. 
you reject him. You tell him no. And I'm telling you, he gets his feelings hurt. Now, for me, it's just like, oh, he didn't really mean it anyway. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Two options. You can reject him and hurt his feelings, or you can reschedule. Here's your tip, ladies. Don't reject, reschedule. Write it down. Because here's what happens. Here's what happens. When you say, hey, not now, or instead of just not now, let it go on for a few seconds. Turn around and cop a field back. I don't know. Show him some love. All right? And then, and then look him dead in the eye and say, hey, not right now because I got to go to work, but that's a little preview for what's about to go down tonight. Here's what you've done. You've just turned rejection into a full day of him doing nothing but thinking about you and what's going to happen later. Every time my wife has done that, every time she's promised, hey, not now, but tonight, not now, but later, I ain't had a bad day yet. I'm just being real. Hey, Quentin, let's pass the plates, dude. Dudes are going to give their, dudes are going to give their cars. Like just, uh, he's preaching today. Don't reject, reschedule. I would just, let me, I dare to say it, but I believe it's true. I prefer anticipation to participation. I would rather her tell me, wait till tonight, than to give in in the moment. Because that to me is a full day of thinking about it of fantasizing about my wife and what's going to happen and how, and she's already promised. And ladies, I think it would do some good for you. I'm just being honest. If if the the desire is, if the the goal is to relate to your husband better and he's going to think about sex all day and you just promised them sex tonight, guess what you're going to think about all day? You kind of have to because you got a plan. And you've just, instead of hurting his feelings, given him something to look forward to, when you give him later you give him hope. You tracking with me? Don't reject. Reschedule. I mean, think think about it this way. Let's, this is it, this is going to be a little a little more practical and a little more forward than maybe some of you are comfortable with. But whatever. How long does sex take? Right, quickie. Ten minutes. Twenty minutes on average. Forty-five minutes if you really take your time and work at it. But when you say, not now, but later, you just turned it into a 12-hour event. You follow? Am I wrong? I'm telling you, I prefer anticipation over participation. I think it makes it better. She could tell me on Tuesday, hey, wait, Friday, and I'm going to have the best Wednesday and Thursday of my life. First Corinthians chapter seven, verses three through five. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. 
Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer. And yes, we pray for it. But then come together so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. And this is another issue that I want to be really careful with. Men, your wife is in no way complicit with you in sexual sin if you choose to participate in it. It's not her fault, ever. You and I are responsible for the decisions that we make. And if we choose, if we make the decision to sin sexually, it is our own fault. She is in no way responsible for your sin. Got me? All right. However, in the very beginning, when God was creating everything, he created, you know, earth and sky and land and water and animals. And he said, it's good. It is good. It's good. He created this and it was good. He created that and it was good. He created this and it was good. He created man. And he said it was, it was very good because we are the apex of creation. But then he looked at man, saw that he was alone and he said, oh, that's not good. Ladies, we need you. The Bible calls a wife a helpmate to her spouse. We are, we are physical creatures driven by sight, driven by physicality. And I don't think it's a secret to any lady in this room that men are incredibly sexually tempted always. It just, it seems to never go away. And so if you want to be a helper to your husband, if you want to help him avoid sexual temptation. That's what Paul is talking about when he says, do not deprive each other except for a time so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. The the pornography industry is eroding marriages everywhere. It is rampant. The statistics are staggering. It's scary. And most times men are more susceptible to a pornography addiction than women. Most times, generally speaking, typically, but it's not always true. You want to know why? Pornography is easy. It's easy. I'd say it this way. Porn never says no. Never rejects. It's always there. It's always available. And it requires no effort on the part of the participant whatsoever. It's easy. And it is chipped away at the institution of marriage daily. Because it's always there. The temptation is always there. And it's readily accessible. So if we're trying to figure out how we as husbands and wives can help each other from participating in things that will eventually erode and decay our marriage to a point of destruction, do not deprive each other except for a time that you may devote yourselves to prayer so that Satan may not tempt you 
because of your lack of self-control. Now, that was it's kind of heavy, but I, just, I wanted to put that out there. Being, being someone who has that in my past, I know how tempting and easy it is to fall into that. And I wanted to warn you that this isn't, that, like, I don't, I don't have some misogynistic agenda today of trying to get all the women to, to have more sex with their, with their husbands. I mean, we hope that happens, but not for any reason other than, but not because I want something from you or because I'm trying to push an agenda, but because I want something for you. If you want a healthier marriage, more frequent participation in intimacy with your husband is going to go a long way to creating a healthy environment in your marriage. And I want that for you. Point number two, if you're taking notes, write this down. What men want, number two, affection. Men want your admiration. They want your respect. They want you to love them. They don't want to be rejected because it hurts their feelings and makes them feel like they have less confidence than before you rejected them, but they also want your affection. And I would even put in parentheses, not attention. Attention and affection differ somewhat, at least according to my message and the definitions that I want to use today. You can use all kinds of different definitions for each of the words, but for today, here's how I was thinking about it when I wrote this down. Affection is an action. Attention is a reaction. In other words, affection is proactive, attention is reactive. Again, not a new thought that men and women are different. And we talked about that in detail last week. And so I challenged men last week to to show their wife affection by helping out around the house, by being more involved, by having some conversation. Conversely, men associate your affection with the physical. It's just how we are. God made us that way. Please don't blame your husband for being the way God made him. All right? It's just how we are wired. But, but here's what you can't do. Here, here, well, well, you shouldn't do. I can't say you can't. You shouldn't. You, you shouldn't just write it off and say, yeah, but I'm just not that interested in sex. And so, you know, it is what it is. He's going to have to deal with it. That's not fair. Because that would be the equivalent of when I, when I talked to the men last week about having more conversation because women like to talk and helping out because women see that as you know, affection towards them when we help out, when we're invested, when we're involved, that kind of thing. That would be like them saying, you know what, I don't really have any, I don't really have any interest in conversation. So I just won't do it. I really don't have any interest in helping out around the house and fixing stuff and all that other kind of stuff. So I just, I just won't do it. It's, it's very similar when you say, well, I'm just not that interested in sex, so I just won't do it. And, and I, would, I would even venture to go a step further and say that it's a little bit worse for the men. Because if conversation is what you desire, you could call a girlfriend and have a conversation. If you really want help doing stuff around the house, you could, you could you know, hire a handyman, have a friend come over and help you out, whatever. But if your husband is a committed and faithful spouse... You are the only source of sexual intimacy that he has. And if he can't get it from you, he, he can't have it. That's tough for men who are driven by this desire for physical intimacy. So there, there are a few things that I believe you can do to make your husband feel affirmed, wanted, and respected. That, and that is when you initiate 
sex with him. Now, in the same way that I challenged them last week to, to work at it, to, to be better, to be more, to, to kind of make some conscious thoughts, to do things differently, ladies, I'm going to challenge you also. Because I know that you don't think about it as much as we do. We've established that. But when it's initiated on your part, when you are the pursuer, nothing makes a man feel more affirmed, more wanted, more respected, or more loved than when you start it. Again, we, we talked last week about the Song of Solomon. I want to I draw your attention to uh, Song of Solomon chapter 3. Let's read this together. It's Song of Solomon chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says, on my bed, this is, the, this is the fiance speaking, by the way. This is her, all right? This is the she. On my bed by night, I sought him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but found him not. I will rise now and go about the city in the streets and in the squares. I will seek him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but found him not. The watchmen found me as they went about the city. Have you seen him whom my soul loves? Scarcely had I passed them when I found him whom my soul loves. I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house, into the chamber of her who conceived me. So sought, seek, found, brought, all all those are, are action words, right? All those were her initiating the action. Here's the beauty of initiation for men. Because we want it more often than you do, ladies, it stands to reason most of the time, or yeah, we'll say most, most of the time when, when we want to, we have to figure out if you do or not. So we have to kind of play the, like the subtle game. Like we just reach over and kind of rub her back and see if she pulls away. And then you kind of try to get like the footsie thing going on and, and see if she pulls away. And then we try to, you know, a little more and a little more. And like we just try to, trying to, we try, we have to not fill you up, but fill you out, right? Like just trying to figure out, like, is she into it tonight or not? And like, is, you know, sometimes it feels like an, an exercise in futility. Here's what initiation does for us. It lets us know that we're on the same page, at least for once. Like, just, if you want to make it easy on your husband, you want to show him some respect and some admiration, when he comes to bed, be wearing something uh, unusual, all right, or nothing. Nothing works great, all right? Like that, that just tells us that your head is where our head, like we're thinking the same thing. And it's like a, it's, it's this huge like pressure valve of release from the stress of does she want to? I don't know. Am I bothering her? I don't know. Is she going to reject me? I don't know. All this, I'm telling you, we're not that complicated, but we got some junk going on in our heads and we, we need some affirmation. And the, the frequent, I would say regular, maybe once a week, I don't know, we'll, we'll see, whatever, you talk to your husband. But if you just start it, attack him, surprise him, when he comes to bed, be like ready, like whatever that looks like for you and your house, far things will do more for making your husband feel like he has your affection than when you started. That's all I'm saying. And again, no, no agenda on my part, just trying to help you. Ultimately, if, if you want to know why sex is so important for, for husbands, and I want, I, want, I want to keep making that distinction. We're talking about husbands and wives, okay, inside of the, the, the way that God did, intended and designed things to be. 
ultimately the reason that we want, want it as much as we do is you, ladies. If your husband loves you the way that God has designed for him to love you, and listen, culture has twisted and made sex and intimacy something that it shouldn't be. But this was God's idea. This was his plan. And sex is a big deal for men because we, we are physical beings, but ultimately it's about who we're physical with that matters. If you remember in week one, Pastor Jonah talked about that connection that happens during intimacy. And it not only happens for you, ladies, it happens for the men also. Sex with my wife says that I am admired by the one that I want to be admired by for the rest of my life. It says that I'm still wanted by the only one that I ever wanted to want me for the rest of my life. Sex is ultimately not about the physical part, though we are physical beings. It's about you. So ladies, if you want a man who can't wait to come home to you, if you want to see him at his best, not only with and for you and your family, but as a spiritual leader and at work and all the other stuff that we talked about in every area of his life, then then show him that he's wanted and respected by making the effort to do the things that make him feel that way in the same way that we asked him to do the things to make you feel that way last week. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to pray for us. The band's going to come and lead us in a song. Now, I, I, wanted to, um, I wanted to extend to the married women in the room the same opportunity. That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> to extend to you the same opportunity that I did to your husbands last week. So as we sing... And as we worship together, ladies, in the back of the room, there are three stools that have a business card holder sitting on top of them with a a bunch of cards in the, the holder with some ways that you can demonstrate love and affection and respect towards your husband this week. Now, they look a lot different than the ones that you read last week if you were the husbands because we relate to each other so differently. So during the song, as we sing or on your way out today, please stop by, grab a card. Here's what I believe. I want to see marriages in our church be the healthiest that there are. And I believe that that's possible when we commit ourselves, men, to loving our wives the way that they best feel love. And women, when, we, when you commit yourselves to loving your husbands the ways that they best feel loved. And those things are different. And that's awesome because it takes work. And work is not a bad thing. Work is a good thing. Anything that you work for and achieve is much more valuable than that which is just given. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for this gift, for this beautiful thing that you've designed and created within marriage, God, for us to demonstrate our affection our love, our admiration, God, between husbands and wives. And so, Father, today as we look into your word and have looked and, God, try to figure out how we can just do life better together, God, we pray that you'd give us wisdom and insight for how to relate to one another. God, you made us different for a reason, and that's a good thing. So God, now would you give us the boldness and the confidence to love one another, to love our spouses in the way that makes them feel the most desired and wanted. Father, we love you. 
We thank you for the way that you lead us. God, I thank you in advance for the the marriages that you're already at work in and the lives that are gonna be better because of some things that we've discussed and learned together throughout this series. So God, we ask and pray that you'd even now begin to shape and change our hearts so we can best respond to what it is that we've learned here today and throughout this series. God, we love you. We thank you for your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen and amen.